Greetings and salutations. Welcome to For Love of Words. I am Marlene Kiesler. And I'm Cindy McKeever. And we are the Vibrational Transformers, changing lives one syllable at a time. Here we are for a podcast on the word overwhelm. Get ready because overwhelmed has a big definition to bury or drown beneath a huge mass. God, that feels horrible. Like when I first read that definition, I was like, <laughs> like a Vincent Price movie. Do you remember that Vincent Price movie? I think Lizzie was buried alive. <laughs> One of those old-fashioned horror movies. But when I first read that definition, I had a visceral feeling of, of squashing and like suffocating I've, I've since moved through some of those feelings, but I could feel it just again when you read it. Like that's like that's like a fear that comes out in horror novels or your or your worst nightmares. Yes. So imagine when you use that word that you are feeling the feelings and sensations that come with being overwhelmed, like you're drowning, like it's bigger than life. To be overwhelmed, to be drowning or buried beneath something that you experience as bigger than you, right? That's what in Overwhelmed, that mass, that huge mass would be something that you would perceive as being greater than you, that you wouldn't have, that you're not able to manage. And greater than you in this, in a separate way. You know, we talk about the greater, like the divine as being the greater or the higher power. But the connotation with this definition, that huge mass that is greater than you, feels like something separate, something that is in opposition to you and that will actually extinguish your life force. You know, if, you, if you're being drowned, your, your life force is being extinguished. Your breath is gone to be buried under something you know, all of, again, all of the thoughts of being buried under the dirt, under the mass of the rubble, like in an earthquake. So there's that, that connotation that that something greater than you takes away you, destroys you. So that fulcrum place might be more of a place of whelmed when you are with something that is so much greater than you that you experience as being greater, you can be whelmed in it. Yeah, and whelmed, that's a word, by the way. I didn't know that until I researched <laughs> it. I mean, if you're overwhelmed, it must be whelmed. But nobody walks around saying like, oh, I'm whelmed about that. It's always overwhelmed. I've heard underwhelmed too, uh, but I've never heard whelmed. And the definition is an archaic. It's an archaic term that comes from the Middle English. It seems like it says whelfen, but it means to overturn. Um, to engulf, to submerge, to flow or heap up abundantly, 
And again, it has this connotation of something bigger than you. But most of the definitions have to do with moving with something. One of them does have the bury, submerge, or engulf. But in the the sentence that goes with it, the swimmer whelmed in a raging storm. The swimmer wasn't overwhelmed and drowned. The surfer, the swimmer whelmed in it, swam in it. I like what you said. You you in there you put surfer. You may not have noticed. Oh, you said I didn't, surfer, not swimmer. But that would be it. Like a, a surfer manages that wave, manages that the water surge. Oh, and we say that all the time when you're going through grief or whatever experiences you're going through, especially when they're intense, that you've become a surfer then. I, I say that about myself when I've gone through grief or when someone's going through big grief, you're just going to now surf those waves that could come up at any time. You know, grief as as a wave can show up at the most unexpected times. I have said this before, but a lot of my grieving when I've lost someone has occurred at the grocery store. When I see a product that I would have bought for them, a wave comes up of grief, and then you surf it. You know, you feel it, you move with it. Um, and surfing doesn't mean not feeling it. It means going with the flow, letting it have its way, its crest, and then its its denouement, its, its decrease. And we have our own definition, not taking it apart this time, but what... I remember what you said about it. It's feelings and or thoughts plus self-doubt equals overwhelmed in the negative current. So it's, it's that lack of mastery over these big things that happen to us that we have big feelings about. We lose that confidence, and go into self-doubt. And then we will call those sensations and thoughts overwhelmed. We will say to ourselves, I'm overwhelmed. I'm now buried, submerged, engulfed, drowning in my own very feelings and thoughts because you have then abdicated for some reason or don't have access to the faith in yourself, that self-love. And then self-doubt comes into play. And normally with overwhelmed, the thought will come, I can't handle this. How am I going to do this? How can this go on? And so that's think of that as a recipe or as a mathematical equation. Feelings and thoughts plus self-doubt equals overwhelmed, again, in the negative current. Because you can be overwhelmed in the positive current. I'm overwhelmed with joy, overwhelmed with love and gratitude. I think Jimmy Stewart at the end of It's a Wonderful Life was overwhelmed <laughs> with love when everyone came to bring money to him. And he was able then to to know those feelings and because of what he the experiences that he had previous to all of this money coming to him in which he learned the true value of his self being Wow, the movie. I'm even thinking that. It's a wonderful life. It has to do with being overwhelmed. <laughs> and mastering it and at the end through being able to master all of those feelings, those feelings of love, when you come to know how much you deserve them. Exactly, and how loved you are. 
With the support of the divine, we had Clarence the angel helping him at every turn. And for him to be able to have the experience of knowing he mattered, his life was an integral part of a vast network of lives in ways we can't possibly imagine. And in the beginning, with all the financial troubles he had and the oppression of Mr. Potter and what he was doing to the neighborhood, he felt overwhelmed that he couldn't, in the negative current, that he couldn't do it, self-doubt, and he was going to take himself out. And then the very end of the movie, overwhelmed with the joy and love of the greater, because in the positive current, feelings and thoughts plus self-love equals overwhelmed with joy or gratitude. You know, that's capital self-love, which includes the divine, that greater mass not being separate from you, it being something that buoys you and that carries you, equals overwhelmed. It's also so interesting that water has the image in that sense of overwhelm because water has usually is and has been symbolic of feelings. When you speak of water, the nature of feelings come up. They either flow or they wave up as an overwhelmed or they're shallow or droughty. Yeah, I feel that with the water. Even in your body right now, we're, we're made of mostly water. And so connect in just to be aware of the amount of water and emotion and feelings that exist in your cellular structure. And how water is like the conduit between the cells and the organs. The blood moves through. You know, we have a lot of that moving water energy in us. And you might even want to think of your kidneys right now because in Chinese medicine, your emotions and feelings, well, emotions specifically, have a lot to do with your kidneys. You know, that flow. So that makes me think of being pissed off, right? <laughs> and that we have that as a saying. And that's how you feel when you are so angry and you have those deep, overwhelming feelings that you get buried in and you're pissed. Which, of course, what the kidneys do is filter and make the piss and send it to the bladder. So that's interesting, that 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 word that we even get, that we're pissed off. And it's relationship to feelings. Water symbolizing feelings. I had a recent experience of being very pissed off. Like in a way, I hadn't been pissed off in quite a while. I, I didn't use that terms, but that definitely applies. And so I decided to ride those feelings like any other feelings. That's the training that we're learning as being in self-mastery and our wholeness is to not to suppress or squ squash away or even judge these feelings that come our way, positive or negative, but to ride them again like the surfer or the, the swimmer surfer, body surfing we're probably doing. We're probably not on our surfboard. We're probably body surfing these these feelings. And I let myself, I let the feelings have their day, but I experience them in relationship with God as I know the divine. Like I am so mad at the situation. I am feeling it. I am pissed off. I am angry. And I let the feelings come up in me without judging them, even though I had someone with me that was judging them and wanted me to squash them, I said, nope, I've got to ride this through. And on the other side of it was such release and clarity. The issue dissolved as having importance. And on the other side of that wave, I felt more connected to my whole self 
because I didn't judge it or suppress what I was feeling. As being bad, wrong, good, or indifferent, it was just the wave that was coming. The image I have with that is of the whole self. And then when you said maybe not on the surfboard, I was thinking maybe on the surfboard. That surfboard is the support we have from the universe or from a friend. When a friend supports us, when we ask for help and it's there, you know, that just might be the surfboard. And I heard that in your higher self which is um, a beautiful image to imagine going through life from that space of the higher self. And also, when you you do speak of that experience with such self-mastery, that it didn't overwhelm you. It didn't. And I was surprised by how whole I felt during that whole process. Even having someone telling me I shouldn't feel that way and um, that I care about, I, I felt so whole and powerful and loved and loving during it. It was a new experience that I'm grateful for, that experience of, of riding that feeling. I will tell you, though, I navigated feeling overwhelmed right before this podcast, maybe not so well. <laughs> I said to Marlene, sweet Lord, and here we have a plane coming overhead, if you can hear it. When we do these podcast words, I, you need to batten down the hatches because there's the energy of them comes to us and comes to me specifically today because for the 10th time operating GarageBand to do this podcast, I couldn't get the volume to work. So there was no no voice coming out. And technology had been something I had feared a lot in the past, but I've been feeling more mastery with it. And for 45 minutes, I tried, and I finally then just started to cry. And I felt like, well, here I am. I'm overwhelmed. I felt buried or drowned beneath a huge mass of the uh, settings, preferences, audio technology with the the microphone. And so I called Andrea uh, Tarka White, who, if you listen to this podcast, you know she is our technical director, support staff, extraordinaire, acupuncturist, healer, lover of life, I mean, just a beautiful human being. And I cried. And she said, well, I'm 10 minutes away. Do you want me to come over? And I said, well, yes, that would be lovely. And as soon as I hung up the phone with her, I pressed a button and it was working again. And I thought that's all it even took was the reaching out for help. That surfboard and the energy of it that being in self-mastery doesn't mean you have to do everything alone. And sometimes just reaching out for help. And also I had texted Marlene. I texted you, Marlene, saying, I'm having technical difficulties. And you texted back just as Andrea was, well, I was on the phone with Andrea saying, I have faith in you. I was like, oh, you know, feelings plus self-doubt equals overwhelmed. But I had two people that had faith in themselves and in me. And the energy shifted because I tell you, nothing changed on that blasted machine. The buttons were all the ones I pressed. (sighs) I see that. That's so interesting how much... Technology can overwhelm people um, born (laughs) before 1979. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a technical number or did you just say that number? I've always said that because my son was born in 1979 and he was born hardwired. 
into the computer system. I mean, he just took to it like he knew exactly what was going on. That's true. That's nice to know. (laughs) Some people come pre-hardwired. And they do ever after. I mean, all of my grandchildren and, and, you know, the young people that I see, they just have it in their blood like Andrea. Well, I think we're preparing for our next lifetime, though. I mean, just what happened today. (laughs) I think my mother and father's going to say, oh, look how hardwired she is for making podcasts or whatever it will be called in the future, whatever it is that I I come back again or we come back again. It's so true. And with more self-confidence or more self-love, we don't have to get so overwhelmed. I teach online classes for the college that I teach for. And imagine, I am interfacing with technology all the time then. That's what it is, a virtual classroom on a virtual campus. Wow, that's something. (laughs) I mean, for those of us pre-79ers. Because love is the force that connects us all. It's not dependent on the body or where you are in time and space to be able to even be with you all today in this way. Like we have the sense of you, even though in time and space, we don't know who's going to be listening to this because we recorded before, but there's such an energy of connection and of love and of relationship that transcends the body, but the body gets to experience it too, the richness of the body, which makes me think that the difference between transcending and transforming, which is, It's kind of um, a hot-button issue in self-transformation work. How to really know what you are, to experience the ecstatic states of knowing that you are loved. And some schools of thought will um, ascribe to transcending the body, going over, up, and out, um, which may be one way to do it. But what we've found, especially through the Pathwork work, if you've ever gone on to pathwork.org and received some of the teachings from that, we our path is to go through the feelings to the other side, to transform by accepting our human feelings and going through them, and then experiencing the bliss of oneness from that place. I've had, I've been contemplating, I've had some images that have been helping me really understand that. And you, you've been saying a while ago, you said about how the the body comes into the soul, not the other way around, which is the soul into the body. And that's what would make you want to transcend it with that belief that the soul is bigger than the body. Now, mind you, in spiritual belief, the reality is our spiritual nature or or our greater self. However, when we come to this earth and experience maya, the pulsation of creation, and with that image that the body comes into the soul, makes so much perfect sense as in the images of the aura. The aura is a vibration of our soul, and everyone's aura is different, so we all have a unique expression. 
of our soul, of the soul. So the oversoul, the one, the greater, or God, or whatever is you want to call that force, that is the unifying force or love, right? When we talk about, that's what happened. You started talking about love, so I get all these lofty images, you know, all these <laughs> images of what it is to be a spiritual being having a human experience, or better yet, a human experience as a spiritual being. So take some deep breaths right now, because this is a lot. I can hear people listening to the podcast in the future saying and giving us feedback, well, I didn't quite understand what you were saying. It was a lot, and I had to stop the podcast and take a deep breath and rewind it. You don't have to understand this all from your mind. The healing that's happening right now is holistic healing. Your body is receiving the vibrations. Your spirit is pulsating alive, and your soul already knows all of this. This is more about remembering the true nature of what we are. So just like relax your body and open up as we talk about what you are actually made of. You are a soul that has a body, not a body that has a soul. And in that soul that has a body, imagine that there's this great light about a foot or two above your head, a pulsating, shimmering, bright, swirling light. And imagine it just, it covers you, encases you like a cascade of energy. And your aura emanates, vibrating, coming out from it. You can see colors if you want to see colors. And within that, that shimmering energy is the denser form of your body. So that when you have feelings or thoughts that seem to overwhelm you, that's impossible. It's impossible for the human experience to overwhelm the infinite soul. The possibility is just to have that perception because you're not aware of your immensity, of your connection to the greater. And this healing podcast is helping you to expand your perspective. You might even want to just imagine this energy that emanates around you and on top of you. Because the true essence of who you are is love. You are that love that naturally emanates in self-love. And imagine that it's actually your deepest longing to be overwhelmed in the ocean of love. Like what that means to be overwhelmed in the ocean of love. I have a quote from a book called Not We, But One, written by Meher Baba. It's the mind has become habituated through ages and ages of time to look outwards. We must train it to look within. It is difficult because it is so infinitely easy. <laughs> now that's the paradox, the paradox of truth. Whenever you find 
truth with a capital T. There's always a paradox in it. But I was going to say that the reason why we get overwhelmed, it's because the mind is conditioned to look at things from a limited nature in the rational thinking of cause and effect, which has a truth to it in the physical realm, but the spiritual truth of that is even greater, which is where we get karma. And karma is so infinitely easy in its nature and law, but when we try to figure it out, it feels so complicated. I was just talking about that last night. I had um, the most beautiful week being with my uncle who is getting ready to leave this life and then who did, um, his body died last night. His soul dropped his body. I mean, in that analogy of the soul has a body, the soul drops the body. And I was talking to my dad, it was his brother, about you know the suffering at end of life. And I was saying, it's like our little minds can't imagine the value of that pain and suffering to balance karma, not as a punishment or anything like that. But there's just an unwinding of experiences and a balancing of experiences. And from working with hospice workers and nurses and in my practice and and also just my experience with being with people through their last breath, that there is a vast genius at work that it's beneficial to not monkey with so much. It's not like you can't give them Ativan or morphine or whatever that is, but to judge it as something wrong or bad is so limited because we're looking just to, we use that baby mind to see that suffering and call it bad rather than going into the internal and perceiving from that place. So I experienced his passing in a way that I haven't experienced another death before And I'm so grateful for the experience. I'm so grateful to him right now. I'm in wonder and awe and gratitude of what he even, how he even interfaced with it. Because he was a brilliant legal genius mind. Brilliant. And talking with him about how to surrender that huge brain that he had, that huge mind, to the infinite love in his heart. And he got it. He looked at me and said, surrender. to melt under, which is similar to overwhelmed, you know, that that under a huge mass, but to melt under, but to be assumed back into that ocean of love that our heart, our soul is the conduit for, the portal for. It's just been a profound experience. And I am overwhelmed with gratitude and joy and wonder at the experience and who and what he was. I'm getting a little overwhelmed at this discussion we're having, actually. <laughs> I, you know, I, I never dreamed it would go in this direction, in this direction of so much of the experience of the greater. So I suppose that's overwhelmed in the um, positive sense and the yes current in the current of wholeness, because that's how what the yes current really is. It's not just the yes and the no of the duality. It's the yes of the wholeness of what exists. It's saying yes to all of it. 
That's so important, Marlene, and that's helpful for me too, because I was still talking about overwhelmed in the negative or positive current, but that has such connotations. It's really in the the separate current or the whole current, like it's wholeness, to perceive it in wholeness rather than in compartmentalization or separateness. So that that's the distinction, because in wholeness, there can be suffering or pain. Actually, there is in wholeness, because that's part of existence. The, the To the extent that we do suffer unnecessarily is when we aren't perceiving it from wholeness. We're separate, and our thoughts get a hold of the separateness and the lack of the wonder of the greater. And I have no self-doubt around this, certainly. So probably it, you know, maybe we can bring back the term, I'm feeling whelmed. <laughs> we'll do it. I mean, it's such an archaic term. It hasn't really been around for like 100 years, but we could do that. We'll be, we'll be whelmed. That, I don't like that word so much, though, because I think of whelp, like, you know, like when a dog whelps when you, like they have an injury or something. Like, I, I always think of whelped and whelmed as being similar, being some sort of like, oh, oh, oh. Well, it is, but the only difference is them or the pee. <laughs> Which brings us back to the kidneys. Just off. <laughs> and the feelings. The, and the feelings. The pee and the feelings. The water. <laughs> the symbol of water. As opposed to, well, mm, M being just mmm. Oh, can you feel mmm being yourself right now and how magnificent you are? Do you know what a magnificent act it is of wonder and love and joy that you can even listen to this podcast? You know how many things you would have to have faith in just to be in this moment that we have to have faith in? I, I've been doing that recently in some of the workshops and with the clients. Um, how many acts of confidence, surrender, faith have occurred today at this moment in time? for you to even get here and to be able to think about how much you would have to have faith in to get up in the morning, to take a breath, to brush your teeth, to get in a car, how supported we are. I mean, the wondrous, the amazing experiences of wholeness, of connection that take you to this moment to have your body and mind even interface with letting this percolate in and connect to the greater and to us because you are so connected to us right now. Hmm. <laughs> Whelmed. <laughs> I want to read a quote just to, by Chevy Chase because I think it's kind of great. Um, and Chevy Chase said, the first thing that happens is that you're overwhelmed by so much attention. And I think he's talking about fame. It's just so unnatural only people who've been in that position can realize what it's like. I mean, you have to be there. And I was pondering that about but celebrities and personalities, you know, the actors or uh, politicians who's ever famous people, the Kardashians, you know, I'd like to talk about them. But what it means to be overwhelmed by so much attention and what happens to people who have that much energy coming to them, which made me think of someone who I have always thought is like an enlightened master, um, Elvis Presley. Like he was such a spiritual being. I mean, he came into singing through gospel and with his mom. And on Sunday mornings, when I drive to Inner Source Healing, they play gospel on Elvis radio. And I listen to them, listen to Elvis sing the love of God. But that 
attention, that energy overwhelmed him. I actually just came back from Memphis, Tennessee and visiting Graceland. And before that, I really didn't have that much interest in Elvis Presley. I knew he was a big fame star and everything I knew about his life. But you I knew I talked about him all the time. <laughs> I learned so much more about him from my feelings, because that's how I experience ex- things that I do, is a lot through feeling, feeling from the sensational place. And I was watching, I was going through all of his museums. They have lots and lots of museums that has all his memorabilia. And um, and then I was watching the movie Blue Hawaii and because uh, they show full feature, length feature movies, all of his movies. He was an actor. And what's so interesting is in the museum there was his quote where he he had the experience of being an actor and of being a musician and those were the two things he most wanted in life so he felt very satisfied having them but then as his life progressed and also he was an avid reader and he had a lot of the spiritual books that I have read did you see that? Did he have a library or was it in a movie or a, a documentary that you saw those books? In his house in the Tour of Graceland, on his desk, they had it at different places. On his airplane, they talked about him being an avid reader. And then in this museum, there would be stacks of books of his. Like what? What did he read? Um, the Human Aura. Oh, wow. And Color as a Healing Modality. Um, you know, the healing strength of color. See, I think Elvis is one of my personal guides. We just did a whole Foundation of Happiness series on color. (laughs) And we're talking about the aura today. Yes. And um, Seth Speaks, which is channeled writings by Jane Roberts, which uh, a lot of us from the 60s, that was our introduction into mystical how life works beyond, um, you know, just the physical realm. And so he, he had all those books. And I was so struck in Blue Hawaii by his hope and his innocence and hope in a way, though I did find out that he had supposedly, um, you know, in the readings, they talk about him having affairs with all his leading ladies in all of these movies. Was Anne Margaret the leading lady in Blue Hawaii? Do you know who the leading lady is? No, I don't remember who. I don't think it was Anne Margaret. She was a leading lady in some of his other movies. I I didn't know enough about him. I still don't know that much of the details. But in the feeling, I knew he was a seeker that got lost. Probably got overwhelmed from all the fame. And, but I could feel his his search for truth with a capital T for what is greater. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, that the seeking. And, I mean, his life journey was just as valuable as anyone else's. I mean, that the drugs that then took him to the other side that, you know, helped dismantle his body. 
A lot of people that are in that kind of big experience will take medication because of the feelings being so much, or maybe the energy so strong they can't relax. And it's not just them. I think they have that on steroids. We know that as us, us, you know, regular people too. Although Marlene and I think you are pretty famous now since we're podcasters. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, I do have that. I have that at night. It's really hard for me to go to sleep at night because I have so much energy pulsating through through me, sensations and feelings that, you know, I've had to really work at that to put myself to sleep at night to say, okay, my body, and here we are with that body again, that the body needs that rejuvenation of sleep. And imagine if we didn't have the training that we've had and the community of support and light and love, what it might feel like to have all that vibration and sensation and not be able to sleep. You know, that we might call it terrible and judgmental and, you know, those dark voices might come. And then if we didn't have people that love us so much that we will tell them, the truth about how they might be acting in a current that is going to take us away from happiness, as opposed to a celebrity that's going to get a lot of accolades, you're so great. Like what that might do to puff up the ego even more and take you farther and farther from your core. I mean, I have such compassion for people's journeys that take them into the spotlight that might not have this. I was listening to Whitney Houston saying, um, I will always love you on the way home from an inner source healing workshop this weekend. And I was thinking about her path, similar, beautiful, started with gospel too, and her family, gospel singers, and then ending up with, you know, drug overdose, like the feelings being too much. So to be able to be in your body, this business of transforming rather than transcending is, I think, a very valuable path for, for fully being who you are and and experiencing the purpose of love and life. Which usually equates to living a big life. Whether you're famous or not, there's that big life of fully living all of the gifts that you have been given, that you are, that you can cultivate in this lifetime. And as you do that, fear dissolves. As you get to know who and what you are, be able to look inward and know yourself, that self-doubt that would then lend to overwhelmed in the separate current or the unnecessarily painful current dissolves. And you're filled with more and more of the wonder, the overwhelmed and the positive current, the wonder of this experience. So it's beautiful as you come to know yourself. Sounds like a nice segue into a meditation. Now let yourself just take some deep breaths into your whole body. Meditation just calls for breath. The experience of taking in and of letting go in relationship. So with meditation, you just automatically let your awareness drop to your breath and you can even let your gaze with your eyes closed fall to the space in between your eyebrows called the ajna or the third eye that opens inward and imagine the breath coming in and then leaving your body like the lover and the beloved in relationship 
And as you let your awareness be on this breath, be also aware of the truth that God, the divine love, is nearer to you than your own breath. So as intimate as you are with your breath, there is a deeper, greater, infinitely present force of love with you, nearer than your own breath. And breathing with you. And then since we were talking about Hawaii, we're going to go on a journey to the waters around Hawaii. You might be familiar with some of the islands, Maui, Oahu. Choose an island if you know it. But let yourself imagine that great force of imagination that created the heavens and the earth. Imagine taking yourself on a beautiful, balmy, palm tree-filled, lined beachfront somewhere on one of the islands of Hawaii. Feel the breeze on your skin. Listen to the sounds, the palm trees rustling. If you're in a wave, a beach with big waves, hear the crashing of the waves. But if it's more gentle, just let yourself hear the sounds of the surf. Look around on the beach, see who's there with you. Have you have you comrades or friends around or is, are you by yourself? Feel your feet in the sand and even swish them around a little so the sand engulfs the top of your feet. Let your feet be overwhelmed with the warm sand. Notice even what you're wearing. And then feel the call of the ocean, of the blue-green waters. perfect temperature for you. Whatever your favorite temperature is, you just can feel that beautiful ocean calling to you. And you can feel deep within your being the response and the attraction, the magnetic pull for you to move towards it. And then begin to Go towards the water. And then bring yourself in, your feet first, feeling the sensation of that water on your feet. Looking down, the water is very clear, so you can still see your toes. 
Let yourself feel the wonder, the overwhelmed feeling of being in Hawaii in the ocean. What a blessing. And then bring your body in any way you want, whether it's with big surf or small waves or clear, still, semi-still waters. Let yourself enjoy as you bring your body in to be submerged and held by these healing waters. If you haven't already, let yourself go under the water if you'd like to, feeling your face and head completely surrounded by the warm, clear waters of the Hawaiian ocean waves. Cleansing even the higher energy centers of your head as you Allow that water to come over you and you come up for air, then allowing it to cleanse you, to love you, to engulf you. And if you haven't already, you're going to give yourself the experience of what it means to surf a big wave. You're totally safe, infinitely supported. But allow yourself to feel yourself on a surfboard. And standing up and letting yourself, you might have imageries from what you've seen or experienced in your life, let yourself ride some waves and even go through the tunnel of water. You're an expert surfer. It's totally natural to you. And ride some amazing waves.
and then complete surfing whatever wave you're on right now. And bring yourself to waters somewhere that are more still, gently lapping that you can just allow yourself to float in. Floating on your back, again, completely supported, you know, no effort required. And know this as an ocean of love holding you. And as you float here and are held and infused with the life-giving, love-giving, hope, faith, energy of all that is, let it enliven your inner core self. That whole capital self love and faith in yourself. the deepest, truest part of yourself that is now pulsating and being supported by the infinite loving resources of all that is, is letting you know that there's nothing ever to fear, that you are infinitely cared for and supported. And there's no feeling or thought or experience in anything that can happen on earth that you need ever be overwhelmed in the separate current by. All is always well. And now it's time to bring yourself out of the waters. Finding your way upright. Going from warm water into warm air. As you walk out of the healing sea. And with great gratitude for the experience that you've given yourself, make your way through time and space back to wherever your body is at this moment. Re-enter with a deeper awareness of who and what you are. and with renewed passion and enthusiasm for going for life fully with no fears. Letting life have its way with you as love pulsates in every scintilla of what you are and in everyone else. And then bring your eyes gently to an open place as you take some deep breaths.
Coming back fully into your consciousness, waking normal consciousness. From a free trip to Hawaii. <laughs> <clears throat> it was such an active meditation to begin with. And then all of a sudden, I was so deep coming back. I was like, wait a minute, what's happening to me? <laughs> because it was so active. You know, that's what was in my mind as I would come back and say, very active meditation in a wonderful way. But yet, woo, I was so deep. And I really do need to get to Hawaii <laughs> I know. It wasn't that amazing. Yes. Where I go to when I go to Hawaii, I loved the show Magnum P.I. with Tom Selleck. So there, the property that he lived on in that show had waters mm. there. So whenever mm. I go to waters in Hawaii, I go there. I, I think I've said on this podcast, I love that show so much that my daughter Michelle is named after his French wife from the show. That's where Michelle gets her name. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> That's where she gets her name. <laughs> uh, she... She loves that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she does. <laughs> uh, well, I have a quote that I'd like to read. And this is a quote that I read almost every day for about a year and a half. And it helps me with the notion of being overwhelmed in the separate current. Because to the extent that I think I'm doing anything alone is a recipe for that thought process that goes, this is too much, I have to get away, I can't handle that person, this situation, whatever it might be. And this quote helps you align your life with the greater. And it goes like this, and it's from Meher Baba. Do whatever needs to be done, but do it as a spiritual being, as one who knows he or she is divine by nature, and unlimited with the whole of life. In essence, do it as if you are doing it for me or for God. Do it with equal consideration for the interests of all concerned, for God is equally in each. Do it with utmost concentration, yet with utter detachment from the results of the action. Leave the fruit of action to me or to God. Do it as if it were the most important thing in the universe, yet let it be destroyed or ignored or ridiculed without concern, or let it be praised without elation. Leave the response to me or to God. Do it in short as if you were doing, you were not doing it at all, but as if I or God were doing it through you. Well, with that said, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. We thank you for listening. And stay tuned for our next word, momentum. Until next time, I'm Cindy McKeever. And I'm Marlene Kiesler. And, and we, we are the Vibrational Transformers, changing lives one syllable at a time.
We would like to give our deepest thanks to our angel helpers who are handling the technical and promotional aspects of this podcast. Andrea Tarka-White as our technical director. Michaela Ahern as our promotional coordinator. And Helen Bradley as our graphic designer. We'd also like to thank our families for their service to this podcast as a whole. For more information, you can check out our website, thevibrationaltransformers.com, or email us at greetings at thevibrationaltransformers.com. <laughs>